Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KFI AM640 Los Angeles, Orange County. And KOST HD2. It's 5 a.m. What did you miss? It's time for Wake Up Call with Jennifer Jones-Lee. Happy New Year. Oh, come on. I haven't been able to say that to you yet. How are you? How was the new year for you? We're six days in. Have you kept up with all those resolutions? I just stopped. I know me. I know it'll sound good for like two weeks. And then I'll stop. So, you know, you can join my team of, hey, we just don't make resolutions because we know we'll break them. Yay. It's a fun club to be in. Here's what's just ahead on your wake-up call. We'll talk about Iran this morning at 5.05 with ABC's Elizabeth McLaughlin. The State Department's responding to the Iraqi parliament's decision to get rid of American troops from the country. We'll find out how. National Weather Service has issued a high wind warning for mountain areas of OC, the IE, and San Diego County. Harvey Weinstein's first sex crimes trial is set to start in New York. And the two top Golden Globes have gone to 1917 for drama and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for musical comedy. We'll talk more about the Golden Globes at 5.50, but let's start with some of those stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. The National Weather Service has issued a high wind warning for mountain areas of OC, the IE, and San Diego County. Santa Ana winds are expected out of the northeast to gust up to 55 or even 65 in some areas. The strongest gusts are expected near the coastal slopes of the Santa Ana Mountains and near the Cajon and Banning Passes. Lighter winds are expected to affect much of SoCal. The high wind warnings will last until tomorrow afternoon. Iranians have crowded Tehran to honor the military commander killed in Baghdad by the U.S. We will get a hard reverend of Mr. Trump and U.S. Army. I want the U.S. government, I want Mr. Trump that, uh, that uh, leave Middle East. Trump made a big mistake. He killed our hero. Now, the Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khomeini openly wept while leading prayers over the coffin of General Qasim Soleimani. Soleimani's successor at the Iranian Revolutionary Guard was also there vowing revenge. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has said if Iran retaliates, the U.S. is willing to strike again. President Trump has reiterated his threat to target Iranian cultural sites. ABC's Karen Travers says the president has pushed back against the suggestion the targeting cultural sites might be a war crime. The president told reporters on Air Force One on Sunday they quote, they're allowed to kill our people. They're allowed to torture and maim our people. And we're not allowed to touch their cultural site. It doesn't work that way. Now, we'll have more on this when we talk with Karen's colleague, Elizabeth McLaughlin, coming up in just a few minutes. We've just gotten word that a magnitude 5.7 earthquake has jolted Puerto Ricans out of bed. Smaller earthquakes had been hitting Puerto Rico for the past week. The USGS says the quake this morning hit just south of the island at a depth of about six miles, which is relatively shallow. Small landslides and some power outages were reported. 
Harvey Weinstein's first sex crimes trial is set to begin in New York. ABC's Aaron Katursky says more than 80 women have accused the former movie producer of sexual misconduct. The criminal case is based on the accounts of two, including Mimi Halei, who has said Weinstein forced himself on her in 2006. Women have the right to say no. A second woman has said Weinstein raped her in 2013. Weinstein has denied both allegations. Now, his lawyer claims any reasonable person could look at emails between Weinstein and the women and see that they were on friendly terms. If convicted on all five counts, Weinstein could be set to prison for life. We're going to go into this coming up at 523 with ABC's Aaron Katursky. Joaquin Phoenix has celebrated his Golden Globe Award for acting in Joker by giving another kind of performance. Phoenix spoke for three minutes last night and started by thanking the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which gives out the awards. For recognizing and acknowledging the link between animal agriculture and climate change. He was referring to the vegetarian catering menu. Phoenix's speech was repeatedly bleeped for broadcast. Contrary to popular belief, I don't want to rock the boat, Um, but the boat... Um, Well, he finished his speech by encouraging his fellow actors to use private jets less often. As the music played him off stage, he thanked the crowd for putting up with him. And I have to say, I got to meet him. We used to do these press junkets when I was in San Francisco, and they would take like an actor or actress to a hotel, and then you would line up. Everybody would have like five minutes, and each station would have a rep go through. I got to meet him, and I I didn't really know much about him when I met him. He is one of the—it's funny to hear—the reason I'm bringing this up is because hearing him cuss like that. He is one of the most kind, very gentle souls that I've interviewed when it comes to the Hollywood world. I mean, there he was so normal and everyday guy, very, like I said, gentlemanly, very polite, uh, pulled my—you know, like, took my chair back for me. I mean, offered me water. Like, what's he offering me water for? It was very nice. So anyway, I it's just funny to see such a different side of him. Wow. Elizabeth McLaughlin, good morning to you. What's the latest now coming out of the Pentagon, all in response to the State Department now talking about the Iraqi parliament's decision to get American troops out of the country? Hey, Jennifer, good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, we are just still less than a week out of that strike that killed the major Iranian commander, Soleimani, and things continue to escalate in the region. What you saw over the weekend with the Iraqi parliament deciding to kick out American troops. I mean, we have 5,000 American forces who are there to train the Iraqi uh, military and to fight with them against ISIS. That's why we went back there uh, about over four years ago. Now the State Department saying they are awaiting further guidelines about what that vote means. Uh, and what it would mean legally. How soon would troops have to get out of the country? Would it ultimately be approved by the prime minister? Uh, But what you're seeing in Iran today are just massive crowds who have gathered in Tehran for the funeral of General Soleimani, uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. And they are resolute, really, in calling for revenge against the United States. And they are chanting death to America in the streets today. And when it comes to the 5,000 troops who are still in Iraq, is there now concern for their safety? I would think that, you know, the revenge has heightened since the attack on the Iranian general. Oh, absolutely. You have troops on a heightened state of alert, not just in Iraq, but actually all throughout the region. Uh, The Pentagon has sent almost 5,000 additional troops uh, really in the last week and a half 
Some of those are to reinforce what could be uh, an additional attack on Americans, either by Iran or its proxy forces. Because we have to remember the attacks we've been seeing over the past couple of months and the attack that killed that American contractor two weeks ago were actually carried out by Iranian militia groups uh, operating in Iraq. Uh, so they're on heightened alert right now. There have been some rocket attacks over the weekend, none that have killed any Americans, uh, to our knowledge, or Iraqis. Uh, But that is what they're dealing with right now. And so you have to imagine the Pentagon is very much planning for how they could get those 5,000 troops out of Iraq, how they could protect the U.S. embassy that is still there uh, and is still vulnerable to some of these crowds and these militia groups who want to take revenge. And Secretary of State Pompeo over the weekend in talking about this, that he would be very disappointed with Iran. Should they do that? Should they push the troops out? Because he was saying, hey, because economically, you probably don't want to do that. So these sanctions that the president is promising, I mean, they're ready to go. And they've been executed uh, largely already. I mean, when the Trump administration pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal, uh, they decided to put a lot of sanctions on Iran, all designed to push them back to the negotiating table. They wanted to basically renegotiate the Iran deal, saying that it didn't meet enough of the qualifications to not just keep Iran from developing a nuclear program, but curb some of their other malign behavior. Um, That has obviously not worked so far. And what you're hearing from Secretary Pompeo, as well as Defense Secretary Mark Esper, is that they're hoping that by killing Soleimani, they're furthering to push the Iranians to say there is no other option. Violence cannot be the option. You have to come to the table. Of course, that's not what we're hearing uh, from the Iranian government and certainly from the Iranian people. They're telling one of our correspondents on the ground, Martha Raddatz, uh, that, that how could the Trump administration do this thing? We are people, and Soleimani was a hero to them. Uh, he was seen as somebody who had fought the war against ISIS uh, in the region, and so he is a terrorist leader to the United States, but a hero in Iran. So what's left? If we've already put all these sanctions on them, we just killed their top commander, now what? What, are, what sanctions could be left? There are always additional sanctions. The Treasury Department can consistently look at individuals, organizations, big businesses. Uh, For Iran, they always look at oil and how to affect their oil trading. Uh, And you have already seen them squeezed. You've already seen their economy severely hit by these American sanctions. Um, I think what the waiting game now and what we're going to look for in the next couple of weeks is does Iran decide to, you know, conduct a major attack on the United States in Iraq or in the region, we know that Soleimani was looking at targets in Syria as well as in Lebanon, uh, the U.S. embassy in Beirut. So they're going to be looking at, is there another attack? Uh, uh, do these further provocations push a tit for tat? Does it push us closer to the brink of another regional war between the U.S. and Iran? Or is there a way to calm these tensions down, to come to the table uh, and to really take this off the battlefield and back into more of the diplomatic space. And then one more question, and this one regarding ISIS. If, you know, the whole reason that we went back to Baghdad four years ago was to make sure that ISIS didn't get a stronghold again, what happens to ISIS now should those 5,000 troops be pulled out? It would be devastating. I mean, the, the Pentagon has already put out numerous reports in the last year saying that ISIS is trying to resurge in Iraq and Syria They're operating very much like an insurgency in the northern parts of Iraq and the mountains. And the U.S. and these Iraqi partners work every single day to make sure that they don't gain a foothold in those parts of the country so that they can conduct attacks and create 
uh, destabilization across the country and in the region. Uh, so it would be absolutely devastating to the coalition. They have very much increased the uh, capability of the Iraqi security forces over the last couple of years so that they can take this fight on their own. But I would think the Pentagon leaders would not say the Iraqis are ready to do that just yet by themselves. Elizabeth, thank you so much for unpacking all of that for me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. See you later. That's ABC's Elizabeth McLaughlin. So there you go. Should there be any update on from Iran? We'll let you know. And should there be any response from the U.S.? Keep you posted on that, too. All right, let's get back to some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. A 13-year-old boy from Oklahoma has been shot and killed while on vacation in Mexico. The boy's parents and another child were hurt in the apparent drug cartel attack Saturday just south of the Texas border. The attacker shot into the family's SUV as the family headed home from their vacation. A woman and her grandchildren have survived an attempted robbery on a bike path in Ventura. The grandma called 911 Thursday to report a man trying to rob her while she was out on a bike near the Ventura River. A fire department crew happened to be in that area and saw a guy running to the river bottom. The man who was arrested has previous convictions for theft and drugs. Well, it turns out the state will not be fining people for taking a shower and doing laundry on the same day after all. A local media station started a bit of an internet brouhaha when it reported last week that each person in the state could only use 55 gallons of water a day before being fined starting January 1st. The Association of California Water Agencies responded saying a ban on simultaneous showers and laundry is not a law and the 55-gallon standard is not intended to be enforced on individuals. The two laws were signed into effect in May of 2018. The inaccurate news story has since been taken down. Corbin Carson, KFI News. You think? (laughs) Who came up with that? It was probably somebody whose job it was to come up with the sort of clickbait headline, you know, like, ooh, what what can we say that'll get people to watch or get people to click on it? Ooh, this would be good. But then they just took it a, a little bit too far. For the first time, the U.S. Space Force is providing support for a rocket launch. The 45th Space Wing, based in Florida, is scheduled to oversee a SpaceX launch this morning out of Cape Canaveral. The Falcon 9 rocket is loaded with Starlink satellites for Elon Musk's planned worldwide Internet service. President Trump created the Space Force as a new military branch last month when he signed the 2020 defense bill. You go into LAX today and you're thinking to yourself, ha, I missed all that holiday traffic. Everybody probably went back yesterday. Today I'm going to do it. Mm, Maybe not. LAX says a taxi driver rally could slow traffic in the central terminal area. Taxi drivers say they'll demonstrate to demand that LAX once again allow curbside pickups. The airport says the demonstration is not expected to impact flights, but it could affect traffic between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. And a homeless man's been arrested for a fatal stabbing at a restaurant in downtown L.A. Someone visiting the downtown Central Library noticed the man from publicized surveillance footage. Police made the arrest in the library, but now investigators are trying to figure out what led up to the stabbing New Year's Day. The accused killer and another man were eating at a Mexican diner at 7th and Main Streets. Some sort of argument led up to the attack, but it's not clear if the two men knew each other. The accused killer had stayed at a homeless shelter in downtown L.A. 
Andrew Mullen back, KFI News. When we come back, we'll talk with ABC's Aaron Katursky. It's been more than two years since the New York Times and the New Yorker triggered that avalanche of sex assault allegations against disgraced movie producer Harvey Weinstein. That trial is finally beginning. We'll talk about how many accusers are involved today, how many others are there out there, who will be in the courtroom. AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to 2020. Just a little weird to say that. Did you see the meme going around of Barbara Walters? <laughs> it was too cute. It was just Barbara Walters. It said, this is 2020. Made me happy. Here's what we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. The National Weather Service has issued a high wind warning for mountain areas of OC, the IE, in San Diego County. Santa Ana winds out of the northeast are expected to gust up to 55 or even 65 in some areas. The strongest gusts are expected near the coastal slopes of the Santa Ana Mountains and near the Cajon and Banning Passes. Lighter winds are expected to affect much of SoCal. The high wind warning is set to last until noon tomorrow. And the two top Golden Globes have gotten to 1917 for drama and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for the musical comedy category. Top acting awards went to Joaquin Phoenix for Joker and Renee Zellweger for her role as Judy Garland. We'll have more on the Golden Globes at 550 with Jason Nathanson. 535, we'll talk with ABC's Alex Stone. Is it that time of year already? But we're six days in. I don't know why I thought this was later in the year. But Alex is at the 2020 Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. It's the huge annual technology show that gets underway tomorrow. But there's a lot of new tech from CES that has already been leaked. Alex will have all the gossip for us. Let's get back to some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. The LAPD officer accused of touching a dead woman's breast after deactivating his body-worn camera is due in court. David Rojas is scheduled to be arraigned today on one felony count. Prosecutors say Rojas fondled the dead woman in October while his partner was out of the room. He allegedly turned off his body camera, but the device's buffer period allowed footage to be recovered. Rojas is now on leave from the LAPD and out of jail on bond. Oh, man. Another possible problem with the 737 MAX? Boeing and the FAA are looking into this, another possible issue with the airliner. Now, the airliner's been grounded since last March because of an autopilot issue blamed for two crashes that killed everyone on board. Now, Boeing says it's identified a wiring issue that could cause short-circuiting. Boeing says it's too early to say whether the new review will lead to any design changes. This one surprised me this morning. The U.S. pickup truck market has had a shakeup. The Ford F-150 is expected to remain at number one. Okay, that that's usually always a given, right? But sales figures from 2019 show the Chevy Silverado was outsold by the Dodge Ram. I did not see that one coming. An analyst for Edmund says that's unheard of. Like if the Chevy Malibu outsold the Honda Accord or the Toyota Camry. But GM says the Silverado slide last year won't last the company says it was partly caused by the GM worker strike, which could be the case. People could have just wanted to stay away. They thought, you know what? I don't even want to deal with that. So maybe, but. That, hmm. And in our family, we've had actually we've had. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Ram. We've had the... Uh, no, I guess we haven't had the Silverado. We've just had mine, my Colorado... Uh, F-150s, all of that. And uh, I, just for us anyway, the one that maybe performed the lesser was the Ram. But, you know, that was years ago when we all had those vehicles together. So I don't, I don't know. But it's still, it's just still kind of surprised me. You just, you know, it never used to be that you would put the Dodge Ram on the same platform as the Silverado. But, you know. Times they are a changing. All right. <laughs> Speaking of times are changing, this one, I don't know why we need this. Why you can't get in your car and go pick up a $5 pizza and a crazy bread and crazy sauce. Why? Why do you need it delivered to you? But, you know, I guess whatever to each his own. Little Caesars now delivers. But it's not like other pizza places, exactly. The world's third largest pizza chain says it's partnering with the delivery service DoorDash. Customers will now have to order through Little Caesars rather than the DoorDash platform. Now, here's my thing. So I don't know how much DoorDash costs. I have no idea what the delivery fee is. But if you're buying a $5 pizza and say the DoorDash, I don't know, tax on $3 or something for delivery, let's just say. So you're basically having to buy a pizza in half to get one pizza delivered to your door. Now, if you're inebriated or something like that, I could see it. Spend the three bucks. I'm all for it. However, if you're like me and you're a penny pincher and you like things on the cheap, I'm not going to have it delivered when my butt can just get in the car, drive around the corner, get it from the Little Caesars right there at Route 66 in uh, Barranca right there. I can just go and get it and then go back home. It'll take me two seconds. I'm not going to pay three bucks for somebody to drop it off at my door. But, you know, that's just me. All right. More uh, really good, healthy food news for you. (laughs) Uh, This is at KFIAM640.com, keyword wake up call. And the reason that um, normally I'll ask Alex, hey, can you post this for me? And, you know, at night I see something that I think, oh, that'd be funny for people to look at on the website. This is one I had to look at last night. So uh, I'm not doing this as clickbait. I am literally doing this as, are you serious? And yes, I am. So there's a McDonald's hamburger that apparently still looks like it did 20 years ago. Oh, wait, I'm hearing that we have ABC's Aaron Katursky with us. I'm going to wait on the McDonald's story. I'll do it when we come back, I promise. But let's talk with Aaron about Harvey Weinstein today. That trial finally getting underway after more than two years. Aaron, good morning. I think the big question now is who is involved in this case? Who's going to be in the courtroom? And how many other cases against Harvey Weinstein are there out there? It's the only criminal case to go to trial. Five counts involving the allegations of two separate women, one of them, Mimi Halei, who was a production assistant for the Weinstein Company when she said that Harvey Weinstein forced himself on her back in 2006. And, and the other defendant is a woman whose name we still don't know, whose account we don't know, but who broadly claims that Weinstein 
raped her when uh, they were in a Manhattan hotel in uh, 2013. So those are the only two allegations that are being tried criminally. But we're also going to hear from three other women who have similar accusations but fall outside the statute of limitations. And I'm sure that, you know, that's the way of the prosecution laying out it's, you know, this is his um, this is his M.O. Uh, this is the kind of guy that he was. This is what he did to everybody. So there's his pattern. On the other hand, the defense has to be going great. We don't want those women, even if they are outside that statute of limitations, to be op- able to open their mouth. I'm sure they fought that. Oh, they sure did. But uh, the judge is allowing just three. It's not like all 80 plus women who have accused Harvey Weinstein are going to be testifying, although many are going to be at the courthouse today, some of them included. But I, I think, Jen, the, the defense is going to say they have emails, communications between Weinstein's two accusers and him that uh, show that they were in communication beyond the alleged encounters. Some of those communications, the defense says, were friendly. Some even suggest an ongoing romantic relationship. And so they say that if they get a fair jury that's willing to look at uh, all the circumstances, they'll get a not guilty result. Yeah, but I'm sure that the prosecution, too, is going, who cares if the emails were friendly and who cares if they had a romantic relationship? When somebody pushes themselves on you, whether or not it's, you know, you guys have been romantic or not, doesn't matter. There's where they cross the line. Well, and, and, and that has been the most troubling question for the defense is, right, even if uh, they, they had a, a, a consensual relationship going forward, in that one moment that, that, that makes up the substantive allegation, um, did Harvey Weinstein cross the line and did he commit criminal conduct? And that's been harder for the defense to answer. On the other hand, um, they only need reasonable doubt. And they have uh, undoubtedly been looking for jurors who are perhaps men who think that the Me Too movement has gone too far. Even I think they're looking for uh, slightly older women who may have experienced the, the notion of uh, doing whatever you need to do to get to the top, because they're going to say that Harvey Weinstein is no choir boy, but neither is he the one who invented the casting couch. Uh, it, it's not necessarily the most palatable uh, uh, character-building exercise, but nonetheless, they say it may keep him out of jail. Well, we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting one for sure. And like you mentioned, all of the different uh, witnesses that will be in the courtroom today. You've got Rosanna Arquette saying she'll be there. Rose McGowan saying, uh, I'd love to, but it, this, it would just be too painful. But I bet you have a lot of those accusers, the 80 that you mentioned. A lot of them will be in there today. Well, uh, and, and some of them want to bear witness. Some of them want to support the two women whose uh, allegations make up the substance of the case. It's morning in Manhattan because there was sirens going by the courthouse. So we're getting a lot of flavor here, Jim. No, um, yeah, I can tell. I can tell it's a busy day. This is, uh, welcome to New York. Uh, <laughs> the, um, but I think more than that, that you know, there's a lot resting on this, and it hasn't been easy for prosecutors either. You know, they've already dropped some charges. One of the accusers had to be dropped from the case after some doubts about their story emerged. Uh, The lead police detective had been called into question. So this has been a tough road for both sides. Uh, And it now, you know, culminates with each saying they enter uh, the case, uh, you know, strong. We'll have to assess that once arguments get underway. All right, Aaron, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, it's a kind of sounds like a crazy morning. Or is that every day in Manhattan? (laughs) It's like every morning. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right. Take care. That's ABC's Aaron Katursky. Oh, this trial is one that 
I think a lot of people have been waiting for. I can't. I just can't believe it's been two years and that this is finally just now starting. All right, when we come back, we'll talk with ABC's Alex Stone. It's CES, Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Actually starts tomorrow, but a bunch of the technology has already been leaked. Loving all these Back in the Saddle songs this morning. Backstreet's back. Back in the Saddle again. Mm. It's KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Happy New Year. Haven't been able to say that to you yet until today. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee and some of the stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Iran has held its largest public funeral in more than 30 years for General Qasem Soleimani, who was killed in Baghdad by the U.S. The streets were covered in blood-red flags for the procession bearing Soleimani's coffin. The country's supreme leader openly wept over Soleimani's coffin in Tehran, and Soleimani's successor in the Revolutionary Guard has vowed revenge. The president said yesterday he is willing to make what he calls a disproportionate response if Iran retaliates. And the National Weather Service has issued a high wind warning for mountain areas of OC, the IE, in San Diego County. Santa Ana winds out of the northeast are expected to gust up to 55 or even 65 in some areas. 550, we'll talk with ABC's Jason Nathanson. Another night of glitz, glamour, and globes. It was the 77th annual Golden Globe Awards took place at the Beverly Hilton here in L.A. Big winners, major snubs. We'll find out all about that. And why were all the headlines at the beginning of the show about Beyonce and Jay-Z. We'll find out from Jason. But right now, let's say hello to ABC's Alex Stone, who went over to Vegas to check out the Consumer Electronics Show. Alex, good morning. I guess the show doesn't actually start till tomorrow, but I love the leaks prior to it. Yeah, well, leaks and the official unveils are all happening yesterday and today, so we really get a a view of what's going on. First of all, welcome back. We miss you. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to have you back. But yeah, so every year... There is a theme at CES, not one that, that they, they put in place uh, on their own, but just based on what all of the tech is it that comes in. Years ago, it used to be about the giant TVs, not so much anymore. That, that's kind of faded away. The, the TVs are here, 8K TV, super thin TVs. A few years ago, it was about drones. Drones were flying everywhere. But this year, it's about smart health technology, Alexa and Google Home. They're built into everything, into your pajamas your shower head, your bed, your toilet, your bike helmet, so you can pedal along and ask Alexa for directions or to, to play music, that it's all about connected devices, that for $10,000, you can buy the Alexa toilet from Kohler that lights up, it will warm your hiney, it will do everything, and you can ask her to play music or ask her to play KFI while you're sitting there on the throne. Not that I don't like that last part. I mean, you know, I want us people to listen <laughs> everywhere. But it's a little TMI on the other part. Like, if somebody told me that they got the Alexa toilet, I'd be like, oh, wow, I think I know too much about you now. Or my imagination would run away with me. Well, and you can imagine what Alexa is hearing, too. Uh, we asked that question last <laughs> night. So what does, and they said, well, you know, just a regular Alexa in the toilet. You don't have to put your head between your legs or anything for her to hear you. That She's just built into the toilet. You say, Alexa, play KFI, and she'll do it just like your Alexa Dobb would at home. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's into everything. And, and artificial intelligence, AI, learning about you. That I mean, this is a thing that we've seen forever here at CES. There is a cat feeder here that will read the microchip on your cat, the microchip that you put in in case your cat gets lost. 
So if you have several cats, it, when your cat walks up, it will scan the cat and read that microchip and then know what food to dispense and how much of it. That one's getting some notice here. A garbage can that will tie the bags at the end so you don't have to smell it, you don't have to do the tying of it, that uh, when the bag is in the garbage can, you take the top off, it's already tied, you just pull it out and then throw it in the the bigger trash can. Uh, You know, they're saying, hey, you need these things. But it seems like we're kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty things, no longer about the big TVs, but now it's about little parts of your life and how they're going to improve it, and that's what this show is all about. I'm so glad you said the nitty-gritty because the whole time all I'm thinking is, they're just making us lazy. If you can't reach into your trash, and I don't care how stinky and gross and whatever it is. I mean, I have dogs. It can get gross. But if you can't reach in there and tie your own trash bag, I think we have a problem as a society. Yeah, well, and then, you know, I mean, they go deeper, too, into security. And there's a big chunk of it, pretty nerdy, boring stuff here with, you know, everything going on with Russia and China and uh, hacking issues and lots of security products. The one that, you know, it's interesting, too, because... This used to be the Consumer Electronics Show. Now it's only CES. The organizers say it no longer stands for Consumer Electronics Show because there is so much here. It's kind of an auto show as well that all the big uh, automakers are doing reveals today. Toyota and Hyundai and, I mean, everybody you can imagine. Not so much about autonomous driving, which is what this was all about several years ago. Kind of like what we saw at the L.A. Auto Show that, seems like many of the automakers are kind of backing away a bit from that, that it's going to take a little bit longer to get that. They're showing off here now the technology in your car. So Alexa in your car, what's going to be in the dash, what the apps are going to be, what that new screen is going to look like, all the way down to, okay, so we've got gadgets, we've got TVs, we've got security stuff, we've got AI stuff. The, The one that, you know, you kind of look at and raise your eyebrow, two years ago, actually a year ago, Impossible Foods, they revealed the their burger, the 2.0 burger. Now it's everywhere. It was here that they did that at CES. Now it's at Burger King. It's at a lot of restaurants. Today they're going to do a reveal of another vegan meat. And there is a lot of talk about what is it going to be. The belief is probably vegan fish. It's going to be at a Japanese restaurant. We'll wait and find out tonight. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm I'm not a fish lover in the first place. So uh, they <laughs> me tell neither. Me- and I'm going to go to this, and I know I'm going to taste it and go, yeah, yeah, it's just as bad as yeah, But if they're not, if it's fake, then they're not swimming in their own poop, and then maybe I won't be so worried about eating fish. Oh, that's a great point. So the ick factor. I want to know for me, for fish, it's the smell. The smell of cooking fish. Oh boy. Mm-mm. Get me out of there. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, I mean, I would assume because with the beef, they wanted it to smell and to look and to bleed and everything else, that this will probably be the same thing. But yeah, especially when somebody at work puts it in the microwave oh. and then you can smell it for, you know, will it do that kind of stuff? We don't know. We'll find out tonight. Don't you hate that guy? Don't you just want to take oh, whatever man. his fish is in the microwave and put it on his head? Yeah, I mean, if you're that guy, do not do that today at work. I, I've thought so many times about putting a note on, on the microwave in our office. There is somebody doing that every day. And every day you go, oh, man, they, they did it again. <laughs> and you haven't found out who it is? Because if you do. No, I have no clue who it is. Oh, no. darn. They, they, they're very secretive. They're, they're, however they do it, they do it very stealthy and they, they get in and do it. <laughs> 
Alex, thank you so much. You're going to have fun today. And I will tell you, instead of buying that uh, $10,000 Alexa toilet, uh, Scott, for my nephews, and then I found out for himself, bought a little $5 thing that you clip onto the toilet that you can change the colors on. So if in the middle of the night you decide, hey, I don't want to turn the light on when I go to the bathroom, you can just aim for the blue circle or the green circle or whatever. Oh, my God. We, all of us, my parents gave that to all of us. No way. For Christmas this year. We have got it. I, I put a video up on Facebook of the kids playing with it. It is the, the most amazing thing ever. Apparently, we had a very poopy Christmas because I also got the game given to me, Flush and Frenzy, where <laughs> it's a, a dice game. You flush it, dice comes out, and that's how many times you plunge it. And then poop flies out of the top, and whoever grabs the poop, it looks like Mr. Hanky when it comes out. <laughs> then they get a token. So that's the uh, Stone family Christmas. Wow. I love your parents more and more the more (laughs) stories that I hear about them. Alex, have a wonderful new year and uh, thanks for all that. Enjoy CES and I bet we'll be talking to you again this week. You got it. Sounds good. Thanks, Dan. All right. See you later. ABC's Alex Stone. Oh, don't you love it when we give you a look into our lives? All right. So uh, let me get back to the hamburger story that I was telling you about, about McDonald's. There's this guy who his name's David Whipple, and he bought a McDonald's hamburger, just like a regular little McDonald's hamburger, like the dollar one, right? And he had put the burger, he bought the burger, he says, to use in a demonstration about how enzymes in deterioration, I don't know exactly what this guy does, but, or why, this is the part where I go, mm. he tells a news outlet 20 years ago, he put the hamburger in his coat pocket. The, the coat got thrown in the back of the van, and he guess he hung it up in Logan. The guy moves from Logan to St. George, Utah, takes the jacket with him, still not realizing that there's a hamburger in the pocket. And this is like three years later. This is 20 years later. David Whipple, who found the burger, I guess, like six years ago, decided, well, Let's just go ahead and see what this thing looks like after all these years. He put it in a tin. He kept the receipt. He kept the wrapping. He kept the burger, right? The He took the burger out of the tin for this same news station who he contacted 14 years ago and said, hey, I found this hamburger. You want to come over and look at it? And, of course, every, you know, assignment editor, I'm sure, in Utah was like, it's a weird enough story. Let's go. So they did. 14 years ago, that hamburger looked exactly the same. 20 years now, terrifyingly, that hamburger looks exactly the same. The only thing that's kind of deteriorated on it is the pickle. I think that makes me really nervous. But if you want to see it, it's at KFIAM640.com, keyword wake up call. I mean, everything is the same. Looks just like that one you bought over the weekend. It's just 20 years later. When we come back, we'll talk with uh, ABC's Jason Nathanson about the Golden Globes last night. Big winners, any snubs, and why were Jay-Z and Beyonce in the headlines prior to the show? Along with traffic and your forecast on your wake-up call. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to a Monday. I'm Jennifer Jones Lee. Let's say hello to ABC's Jason Nathanson. Question number one to you after covering the Golden Globes last night. Have you even gone to bed yet? Uh, yeah, for a little bit. I got a couple hours of sleep. Not great sleep, but you know, that's the life of an entertainment correspondent here in Los Angeles. <laughs> it's not it all though? glamorous. It's not all glamorous. You got to get all glitzed up, though, to go to it just like everybody else did. It looked like sure. puffy sleeves were the big thing on the red carpet last night. Uh, yes, sure. Puffy sleeves were a big thing. A lot of big dresses I saw. A lot of interesting fashion choices. Golden Globes usually, you know, it's the first one, so everybody wants to kind of kick off the season. But also the fashion's a little bit looser. So I think we saw some people take some big chances last night. Oh, I would agree with that. All right, now let's talk about the winners and losers. A lot of people talking about Joaquin Phoenix and how he took three minutes really to make uh, not only a thank you speech, but a giant political statement at the same time. Yeah, and drop three f bombs in the in the process, which oh, um, yeah. I, I I believe was uh, probably cut out in what you saw, but we heard them in all their full glory backstage. And uh, he gave it's going to be an interesting award season if Joaquin Phoenix is going to keep winning because a he hates the process. He, he I mean he and he mentioned in his speech how he you know basically it's a competition to try to sell uh, ads during award shows. He, he doesn't like that. Um, he also the the you know, kind of scolded uh, celebrities for using private planes to fly to Palm Springs for uh, a night and back um, and how that's really bad for the environment. And he was really, really happy with the Golden Globes for going vegan, uh, which was uh, to try to minimize its impact on the environment. Um, he's really, really into that. And he talked a lot backstage about the how uh, animal agriculture is really bad for the environment and for the planet, and it's one of the worst things. So he was really happy about that. i got to say, though, the reporters backstage maybe not as happy with the vegan offerings oh. that we got because the uh, the stars what they got was I mean these mushrooms which looked like scallops and it was it looked amazing. The stuff we got maybe wasn't exactly the best vegan stuff. Oh, and see, usually you guys get like really good food because they want to impress you. Well, at the Oscars we get really good food. At the Golden Globes, it, it's okay, but it, it's 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 decent. We usually get some nice salmon, tuna fish, um, uh, some pasta, and the the desserts are really good. You get cookies and, and rolls and things like that. Um, last night the rolls were there. Um, we had margarine instead of butter. Okay, you know, not going to complain too much about that. Vegan cookies are not that great. I don't know if you've had vegan cookies. They might be good for the planet, but they're not great for your taste buds. Okay, I have not. But that's very good to know. And then they had lasagna with uh, vegan cheese. Again, 
Cheese is a tough one if you're going to try to go vegan. Okay. Cheese is a really tough one to, to emulate. And, and it, again, did not, you know, I, I, I don't want to complain. I know these are the first world problems. Uh, but, you know, that's <laughs> my still, life. So there you go. I still want to know about it. Okay, now other things that I want to know about. Ricky Gervais, the host, man, he really took time to rip into some companies like Apple. Yeah, yeah, that was one one of one of the best jokes I, I thought that he uh, said was talking about Apple TV Plus and its uh, nomination for the morning show. Uh, the, he talked about Apple rolled into the TV game with a superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing, made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. Yeah, um, which got a, 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 la- a laugh and a zing from from the crowd. Um, and you know, he, he, he talked about how the stars in the room that basically all they want to do, they'll, they'll join with any company that makes the money. If ISIS had a streaming channel, uh, the stars in the room would run to that. Um, he really kind of, he, he really kind of went after people. And then at the, at the end of it, uh, saying, don't get up there and make political speeches. Uh, you know, you basically don't have the moral authority to tell anybody what to do. Um, and he really kind of seemed over it. I know it was part of his shtick to to kind of play the guy who's a little too cool for the room and really not into it, and he, he dropped a couple of F-bombs himself. But he really kind of seemed like he really didn't care. The monologue was good and well-crafted, um, and, and, and I liked his jokes, but I would have liked to have done a little bit less with the you shouldn't be watching this. This is so stupid to watch, but here, I'm here hosting it. Yeah, that's a little awkward. Okay, real fast, just rip through the winners and losers for us, or big winners, I guess. Big winner, 1917, which won for Best Drama and Best Director, which is kind of a surprise in both categories. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, getting the most awards with three, including Best Musical or Comedy. Big loser, Netflix, who went into the night with 34 nominations, uh, the most in television and the most in film, 17 in each category, only walked away with two wins. One for Marriage wow. Story for Best Supporting Actress for Laura Dern, the other for Best Actress in a or Best Actress in a Drama for Olivia Coleman for The Crown. Netflix was supposed to win a lot more, and in some of the big categories, Irishman was shut out. Marriage Story, which had the most nominations, six only got one award. Two Popes got nothing. Um, so really, not a great night for Netflix when they had the statistically they should have had a lot more wins. Wow! All right, Jason, thank you so much. Fun stuff as always, and I love hearing the behind the scenes stuff. That's great. You're welcome. Take care. All right. See you later. ABC's Jason Nathanson. This is KFI and KOSTHD2 Los Angeles. We lead local. Live from the KFI 24-hour newsroom, I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. This has been your wake-up call. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.